frogs in a blender, reach out and touch some thing, and whistle while you walk. It's all coming up next on Resurrection Revealed. Hello, Resurrection fans. This is episode four of Resurrection Revealed, the unofficial podcast and blog by fans and for fans with theories and talk all about ABC's Resurrection. And we're recording tonight, March 12th, 2014. And with you once again, I'm Wayne Henderson, the voice acting podcasting Green Bay Packers fan. And I'm Troy Heinrichs, excited to dig a little bit deeper into the pilot episode of Resurrection entitled The Returned. It aired March 9th, 2014 in the States. Show notes for this episode can be found at our website, resurrectionrevealed.com slash four. And I think we'll just get right into it tonight, Wayne, with some really creative um, sequencing of events in that opening shot when Jacob was in China, wouldn't you say? Yes, after watching it a couple more times, it really started to sink in. The, The opening sequence set the tone for the whole show. We've got that ox or bison or whatever it was. It only had one horn, and I'm wondering if, is it because it's the only animal they had in the area when they were filming the episode, or is it important enough to show it, and then we have to wonder whether the returned are half there, half not there, maybe from all the years of watching Lost and reading too much into every little detail. What do you think? Well, you know, when I think of filmmaking and television directing, if you're going to show me something as the audience, then the audience should be aware of what it is, so... The fact that they purposely shot this bison or ox or whatever it was missing the one horn, it has to be significant about something. Otherwise, why bother throwing it into the thing? Because we already can tell he's in some kind of a rice paddy or cranberry bog or something just because of the wetness and the dampness around him. Do we need the animal? I don't know. So I think the animal does have some significance because it does have that one horn broken off. Well, then I think all of the listeners should uh, call in their theories to area code 904 Four six nine seven four six nine, or just go to resurrectionrevealed.com slash feedback and let us know if you think that ox plays into something special. And if you do, let us know what you think it is because we're drawing a blank. Now, of course, we were talking a little bit, you know, with Aaron Zellman mm-hmm. on our interview. You can get that at resurrectionrevealed.com slash Aaron. But the thing is, is that he said it wasn't going to be sci-fi, but I had to wonder again If you're showing me something in the show, Jacob looks up into the sky and two things cross my mind. Number one, okay, I'm saying goodbye to the aliens that just dropped me there into the rice paddy. Whoa. Or or I fell out of heaven. So, Mm. you know, I know Aaron mentioned he was going to be equally spiritual and equally not spiritual so everybody could enjoy the show. But again, why look up to the sky and kind of give a nod of why am I back here? Hmm. I had not thought of either of those things. All I was thinking is this intro where he's laying on his back and his eyes open up and he's looking up, surrounded by all that green. I'm thinking Jack, I'm lost. It's yeah, a shout out, fo- maybe. Totally focused on his face, right? Just like it was in Lost when Jack focused on the eye. So I don't know if they're trying to call back to something in there to kind of, you know, get old Lost fans excited again for something, that this is going to be something special or magical. But it, it really had that feel with the greenery and the life. And again, water is kind of the significant thing around there. He he died in a river, and then he wakes up in, in water again. So we'll have to see how that plays out. 
That's a good point. Another thing that I kind of had a question on is, okay, we've got Jacob. He wakes up, he gets moving, he's in China. He doesn't speak the language, obviously. And then he passes out, maybe from dehydration. But then again, once he gets to Arcadia, he has a seizure on the porch. So I'm wondering, are these all things that might be after effects from being resurrected? Or is there something maybe physically off with Jacob that we need to keep an eye on? Yeah, I mean... One of the things that was floating around was that maybe these were people being experimented on or clones or something. So is there something mentally wrong with these resurrected and that's what's causing these seizures? Or maybe it is just dehydration. And, you know, if you've been dead for 32 years, you'd be pretty thirsty and pretty hungry, too. <laughs> uh, pretty much. You know, time flies when who knows where he's been. I, I hope we get a feel of where he's been after a while. But I know. We've only seen episode one and we've seen it a few times and we've been waiting a long time. So now it's a week by week basis as we uh, wait for answers. Now, also in this opening sequence, you know, with the uh, water bubbling and trees, did this kind of bring back anything from maybe the feeling of baptism or maybe Adam and Eve in the early days in the Garden of Eden? Yeah, because if you read Genesis, they you know start out in this Garden of Eden. There's two trees, the tree of life. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil, eating from the tree of life will make you live forever. However, eating from the other one, we all know in the Christian sector, is bad news. And because of the bad news one, it's why Christians actually get baptized by water, right. because then it washes away this old sin, the old Adam, as they call it. And basically, can we take this and apply some of the opening sequencing of credits into what's happening with this resurrection? Is there some kind of a rebirth or a... Uh, reincarnation, if you will, to pick uh, from another world religion, that they're coming back in a different way for a different purpose. I don't know, but I know that it looked fantastic on my big screen TV. Now, a lot of people are up in arms about Jacob being able to pick up a smartphone so easily. Now, I know my kids have been using a touch device probably since they were four. So it's safe to assume that if you show an eight-year-old how they how to basically use the device, right? Because yeah. Bellamy basically shows him the game of fol the, the the folder that has all the games in it, right? And Jacob basically points to Donkey Kong. Bellamy then actually launches Donkey Kong. So now Jacob actually knows how to tap and launch games. So I'm okay with the way he easily used the device because once you show someone how to tap and open a folder, it's not rocket science. Yeah, I'm going to agree 100%. The smartphones are so user intuitive. And for example, my grandson, who's even younger, he's not even two years old yet. He may not be able to play Donkey Kong, but at less than two years old, when he comes and arrives and hugs hello to grandpa, his other hand is kind of trying to reach into my pocket and take out my iPhone because he loves to launch videos of himself. So Next stop, Donkey Kong. And people that uh, remember Omar Epps being on House, they probably appreciate him bouncing the ball in the office like House did, used to do back when he was thinking about uh, Princeton, Plainsboro, and all those things. Wondering if Agent Bellamy is a thinking man and if he's wondering, why can't I keep a relationship going? Everything's broken. Right. We touched on this a little bit in our initial reactions episode. You know, is he, is he married? Is he just have a girlfriend? The real question about that entire female situation is how does it tie into did he join ICE for that reason, right? Did he have some 
falling out. And because of that, he lost a job somewhere else. He kind of danced around it in that conversation with Maggie yes. at the records office. So it'll be interesting to find out how that plays out in his his past. Right, because even Agent Bellamy has a past that's partly a character on this show. Yeah, we so got we'll- a little clue there in the episode that uh, something is awry, but we're not going to find out anytime soon what that is. Right, and so I think we'll just have to wait and play it out because you know if Maggie and Agent Bellamy are going to be working together to solve this, Maggie has to trust Agent Bellamy, and if she can't trust him because of secrets in his past, that may confuse and conflict their relationship. Now, Bellamy actually talks to Sheriff Fred on the phone, and on that phone call, the sheriff basically sure seems really untrusting of the situation, almost like he might be trying to cover up something himself with how quickly he was getting off the phone there. And I think we find out that the sheriff might be somehow behind what's going on with these resurrected, and maybe that explains why his wife hasn't actually come back yet. You know, I'm thinking, like, if he's behind it, then there's, like, a punishment. Like, if you're doing this, then you can't have your wife back too kind of thing. But I'm just grasping here just on that initial phone conversation. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on, but it was a suspicious phone call. So there's something about uh, Sheriff Fred that's just not right. And, you know, there's some sort of cover-up going on here in beautiful downtown Arcadia, Missouri. So once Bellamy brings him to the house, the famous scene that we've seen over and over again, even in the promos going back 10 months, There's a debate kind of going around why they didn't seem to recognize Jacob immediately. You know, either number one, he was hiding behind the pillars, which made it kind of difficult. Or number two, why would your brain think, hey, you know, you look a lot like my 32 years dead son. You know, dead is dead, right? We learned that from from Lost. Uh, Though Lucille does recognize him right away, but Lucille's much more accepting of the whole thing over, you know, Henry, especially once Frances Fisher has that amazing scene acting where she reaches out to touch him and Jacob just kind of looks at her before he, of course, says, you look different. Yeah, I mean, the thing that we have to keep in mind is that, you know, put yourself in the shoes of these parents, right? If your son has, I mean, and this is the argument people have been having on Twitter. It's like, if you have a child and someone comes up to your doorstep and looks like your child, you'd recognize them as your child. And I think that's where the argument is has a fallacy to it because you're not recognizing them as your child. Your child is dead. Right. Right. So I think that's why they don't recognize him right away. And then it gets to this warmed up factor of, oh my gosh, is it really you? And I think that's exactly what Frances Fisher brings forward when she does that, you know, Jacob, and then cut the commercial. It just gives you goosebumps even just thinking about it. It's an awesome scene, and I agree 100%. I mean, if Jacob had only been dead a year, I could see where, you know, the memories and wounds are so fresh that they might, for a split second, think that it could be him, but something's off. But once you go over three decades, you don't even cross your mind about it. You know, maybe you'll think for a second he looks kind of familiar, but I think after 32 years, nah, like you said, exactly how it played out in the show is how I think it probably would have happened in real life. Now, was it just me or when the sheriff pulled up and was actually yelling at Agent Bellamy, did a part of you want Kurtwood Smith to say, settle down, Fred, before I shove my foot up your butt for all those 70 show fans out there? (laughs) That is not a thought that ran through my mind at all. Um, I wasn't envisioning cheap trick theme song music or anything like that. Uh, (laughs) That's funny that uh, you thought of a comedy light moment there. (laughs) 
during all this drama. Well, he's really trying to calm you know Fred down because, of course, Jacob's standing right behind him. So he doesn't want anything to happen that would either scare Jacob or Whoever not Jacob or yeah, exactly. So you know, I think he's just being, and it's interesting because when you think about it, he's being protective of Jacob, and even though he's not really convinced that Jacob is who he is. But he doesn't want Jacob's feelings hurt by Frank basically saying, you know, what the heck are you doing with this, you know, thing that you brought back here? Because the thing is Jacob. Right. And no matter whose child it is or would be thought of being, you still got to protect the 10-year-old from whatever chaos might have broken out there on the porch. Now, later at the hospital, we meet Maggie. And this is when things get really interesting. And the whole fake out thing with the heartbeat, because I was thinking, oh, no, he doesn't have a heartbeat. Now we're getting some answers. Eh, she just had the stethoscope turned the wrong way around. So Aaron Zellman, if you're listening, cool and not cool at the same time. But I love that scene that really had my brain spinning immediately. And then, ah, oh, oops. Yeah, because the first time I watched it, I thought she just tapped the stethoscope. And then when I watched it again, she does turn it around so that it passes the audio the correct way <laughs> and i was like man that would have been so cool though like to be turn my heartbeat on turn my heartbeat off so that i can fake out who i need to fake out when i need to fake them out that would have been really interesting but no she just had the stethoscope the wrong way and i was like oh man that was just goosebumps definitely goosebumps. got your attention but what was even better was when jacob said hey you look like my aunt barbara did she die i tried to save her now, anybody that has kids out there, you know, kids, you know, typically at the age of eight don't really know how to lie, you know, so they, they have no reason but to tell the truth. So now we have, again, this past officially in play for all kinds of stories, because this whole time they thought Barbara tried to save Jacob. And here Jacob is saying, no, I tried to save Barbara. Yes. And so already conflicting stories and we need to get to the heart of the matter. And a scene that I thought really stood out and some people thought was kind of creepy was when Pastor Tom shows up and he has that conversation with Jacob in the hallway. And Jacob says, you can't be Tom Hale. That's my friend's name. And we used to play war together. And at that exact moment, Jacob realizes, you know, maybe for the first time that something is off because we used to play war together. You can't have his name. But wait a minute. And of course, why would the first time he asked the question, you know, did I die? Did we all die? who's all and that was really what stuck out for me there and of course you're asking it of the pastor the one who's supposed to have the answers yeah or everybody there in the whole town or in the entire universe right because now those questions all come of course you know is jacob really back or are they all dead is a purgatory i think we've heard these conversations before <laughs> at some other show yes but <laughs> yeah i i think we just have to take it at, you know as a grain of salt we just move forward and We'll see how it plays out before we just all throw up our hands and see, yeah, they were dead the whole time, which really wasn't the case. Exactly. So I know I like the movie, but I kind of got a vibe when he was standing by that window in the hospital before he busted out. I couldn't help but think of that movie K-Pax with Kevin Spacey. So it was basically about this you know, guy who had committed some you know, a, you know, terrible murder. And because of that, he kind of like shut himself out and made up this alien prote that kind of comes into his body on this beam of light. And they always looked out the window at this beam of light, thinking if prote was going to come back or not. And, you know, 
when I saw that imagery, I was kind of like, okay, is he communicating with somebody? Is he communicating with something? Is he like reaching out for other resurrected people on some wavelength that we can't really see? I didn't get that vibe at all. I, and although I did enjoy the movie K-Pax, I didn't pick up on that uh, correlation there. I just thought Jacob was just kind of staring out, maybe trying to add to his story of, you know, are we dead? Are we all dead? Is this Earth? Are we alive? It sure seems and smells a lot like Earth. I, I just think he was pondering, you know, and for an eight to 10 year old to be just sitting there trying to ponder things doesn't happen in that way very often. But then again, this is resurrection and this kid's been missing for 32 years. And I guess that goes to the question of the communicating part, right? What are you pondering? Who are you pondering with? Who are you having that conversation? You know, we talk about, you know, Christianity and other religions about prayer, you know, so is he kind of praying at that point? Like, hey, am I dead? What's going on? Or again, is he communicating with something else? Well, we do find out that there is another someone, and I was not expecting this, at least not this early in the series, Caleb Richards. He's coming back to town looking for, quote unquote, his kid. And what a great setup in this dialogue. Kind of makes you think that he might be coming back to look for Jacob. And then, of course, showing up with that creepy, creepy whistle that he does, eyeing Jacob down just before he takes off again. This guy, Caleb, something's wrong. Seriously yeah. wrong. And I'm really glad that we got to see the pilot episode before the promos on ABC ran it because, you know, those that saw the promos knew that Caleb Richards was actually there for Elaine because they said, you know, dad. And then they had the whole I'm coming home and the rain sequence in the promos. I've got that you song know, stuck in my head now, by the way. I know. <laughs> but it, for the people that didn't see the promos or got to see the episode before the promos ran, I mean, you really looked at Caleb Richards in a completely different way because in that scene, you're like, he's coming for Jacob. Oh my gosh, he's coming for Jacob. Someone someone saved the kid, you know, and then you get the flip at the end when he's like, no, I'm actually, you know, Elaine's dad. I mean, that was just powerful, you know, if you hadn't seen the promos. So I'm curious from the fans, you know, how many people thought, oh, we know that that's Caleb because we saw him in the promos versus I have no idea who this guy is and I'm totally wigged out when I got to the end of the episode. So just leave us uh, feedback, 904-469-7469, or again, resurrectionrevealed.com slash feedback. We finally get to see some people outside of the Langston Circle when we actually do meet Caleb's daughter, Elaine, as Maggie and her kind of share stories about their parents' death. Maggie's basically trying to figure out, you know, how could this kid possibly know my Aunt Barbara? You know, how can they he possibly have this story reversed? You know, so I guess... As they're having this conversation, you now know that Elaine does have somebody that was deceased, which then, of course, foreshadows that Elaine might have someone come back in a future episode, or in this case, in the next 10 minutes, <laughs> which, of yeah. course, was the big twist that hooked us all, I think, for the next week, because we want to know more about Caleb and Elaine's relationship. Absolutely. You know, and with it being an eight episode season, they do kind of have to move fast. So they didn't keep us hanging on very long. But I think the even bigger twist comes from when Jacob explains the events of the drowning and mentioning this bald man being there. And then Henry finally spills the beans to his brother that his wife was having an affair. So the new question out of all this is, who is Maggie's real father? It's getting real complicated, real messy. And with People being resurrected, two so far, I don't know if there's going to be more, but 
something's going on and people coming back could make it extra complicated. And what if Sheriff Frank's wife, Maggie's mother, Barbara, does come back? Mm. You know, how is that going to be from a past as a character situation where now you have this is known to everybody, basically. So, hi, I'm back. And oh, but we don't like you so much because we know you cheated on the family. How is that going to play out if Barbara were to return? Yeah, because sometimes once somebody has passed away, especially if it's been a number of years, sometimes the secrets are let out. And if the person had never died, the secrets would hopefully still be kept. But you're right. It, um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. That's all I can say. And is there somebody, you know, of course, that if now that these people are coming back, is there someone you don't want to come back? I think that's even a bigger question, because what if there's some really bad person? you know, that was in town and, you know, like a serial killer or something, you know, you don't want them to come back. So how do you kind of control that situation? And I wonder if that's going to happen as these episodes progress. Right. And are the people returning only people from Arcadia? Is it going to, you know, expand around the state or the country or the world? And then again, is there a time limit for, for example, Jacob, who was dead 32 years, apparently this this other guy, Caleb, had not been dead that long, not even close. But could it go back even further, like 100 years, 200 years? I know that uh, Aaron Zellman said that the past can play a character in this show, but uh, how far, Troy? How far? Well, I think it's going to all start with Jacob. You know, it's kind of like... For those that have seen the 4400, there was one girl in particular that was like the farthest back disappearance. So my guess is that everything stems from the drowning somehow. You know, Aaron Zellman was talking about how Henry had the the furniture company in town where the bald man worked at the at the company and that he, you know, kind of gave up on the company after the death. And now if you're in a small town like like Arcadia, then that's basically everybody's employment. So when a factory shuts down, the whole town kind of dies. So then you have another kind of metaphor here where, you know, if, if the town is dead because there's no jobs, you know, and now Jacob is back, you know, what does that bring up from all of these people for the last 32 years that have been without work and without income, et cetera. I think the big questions we're going to have going forward are going to be, of course, the, this, you know, who is Maggie's dad? Is it Cher Frank? Is it the bald headed man? maybe somebody else who knows do Caleb and Jacob actually know each other because they look at each other like, Hey, we are on the same wavelength, but not quite when he walks by with that creepy whistle. <laughs> very then, creepy. Very creepy. And then of course, what is going on with Arcadia? Why are the dead bodies coming back here? And if they're coming back, of course, my biggest question, cause I read the book was what about the tombs? What about ashes? Are the ashes still there? Are they still in their coffins? You know, are we going to see somebody go exhume a body somewhere? Uh, it'll be interesting if we can get those answers fast or if we're going to have to wait the full eight or even possible future seasons. I like the sound of future seasons, Troy. Because, yeah, they're going to have to do that eventually. And it's going to be intriguing either way, whether they open up a casket and there's still a matching body in there. That'll be intriguing. But on the other hand, if they open up the casket that had somebody in it when they buried it, but now it's empty, that's a whole nother uh, can of intrigue. Yeah, because e either way, creepy. <laughs> yes. Looking at a dead body, but have the live body standing right next to it or having no body. Either way, 
ask a lot of questions, which just makes the series even the more awesome. So if I had to ask you, only one episode in, crackpot theory, what the <laughs> heck is going on? Shoot. Okay, it's not going to be tied into some giant that lost his contact lens and he's digging up people trying to find it. Uh, other than what it's not, I'm not sure what it is. I, I have a feeling it might have something to do with an alternate universe, another dimension. Not purgatory. Not purgatory. I don't think it's going to be purgatory. But the for me, it'll a piece that will answer some of that for me will be to find out why did this Caleb guy apparently just resurrect right in the same town, but uh, Jacob all the way in China. Well, I don't know if he was quite in the same town because he did have to hop in a car and drive a little ways, but he was closer to Arcadia. We just don't know how far away it was, but it wasn't in Arcadia because he said, I'm, go- I'm heading to Arcadia. Granted. Okay. But definitely farther away than China. How about you, Troy? Any wild well, theories already popping out? Of course, you've read well, the book, but... Right, but it's going to be different. But before I get to mine, I'm going to say Ray on Twitter, You know, either he's reading too many spy novels or something or just worried about the current state of affairs of the world. But he thinks that this is some kind of advanced mind control program and Arcadia is kind of like the test location or the site for this mind control operation. Mm. And it's basically a way for us to invade China. And that's why Jacob shows up there. So that is a great crackpot theory. (laughs) (laughs) Those, that's an interesting uh, theory. I mean, you take dead people and you invade China with them. Governments involved. You never know, right? I think there's way too much water in this first episode. So, you know, I'm going back to it all stems with Jacob's drowning. So I'm going to say that the river has something to do with it. Either the water in the river itself or maybe something in the river. There's just too much water symmetry going on for the river not to be in play somehow, which then leads us to the why this river and why Arcadia. And it might just be because this is the point where the river happens to run through and that's what makes dead people come back to life. Or maybe something to do with the whole plant that... uh got closed down maybe it's right next to the river and there's some sort of situation there i don't know but uh, either way it's got me very thirsty and these are all great theories and we're going to have some more excellent thoughts from the fans in just a moment come on in let's take a peek pull back the curtain a little bit let's see what really makes podcasts tech at Inside the Studio of the Podcast, I examine the equipment, the software, the apps, and the plugins that make podcasts happen. I interview podcasters who tell me what their studio can't live without. We look at the good, the bad, and the ugly, and give you our recommendations. Inside the Studio of the Podcaster can be found at podcastingguru.com. Scott Herzog, he's got a brand new show coming out. He's normally on the Sci-Fi Diner. Now he's got Inside the Studio of a Podcaster. He's going to examine what goes on behind the scenes, and that could be, he says there might even be some ugly. There's a lot of ugly in podcasting. Uh, I try not to get tripped up in these wires that all go around my office. So. Well, we, we shine it up real good before we uh, put it out uh, for you to listen to. But uh, Scott, thanks so much for sending in that promo for us to play. And he invited me to be his very first guest on the Inside the Studio of a Podcaster podcast. So uh, stay tuned for that. 
I don't know if I'll have anything ugly to discuss with him, but let's go ahead and dig into some listener feedback. Uh, Shall we start off with uh, a couple of voicemails and try to answer their theories? Hello, Troy and Wayne. Boy, what what an episode. A wonderful first episode. Uh, This is Alex Cruz from TP Entertainment, and I just want to kind of pipe in my own uh, two thoughts on uh, what could have possibly be going on now as you guys very well know uh both my partner hank davis and i we are experts when it comes to alien invasions and so this is indeed what it is it is some i have um, my theory right now something to do with aliens so whether it be an invasion or uh some type of uh alien uh abduction it could possibly be that and uh another thing uh, you think poor Jacob would have got a new change of clothes throughout this episode? They found him in China. You think those nice people in China would have gave him a fresh thing of clothes? But oh no! And throughout the whole episode, the same red shirt. So that makes me want to wear a red shirt now. Um, <laughs> so uh, at another thing, I I want to I I think you guys are extremely crazy for doing two show podcasts i know uh both hank and i we've been doing both agents of shield and uh revolution podcast and we're we're pretty crazy in and of itself so so glad to have some fellow crazy uh, podcasters so thanks guys have a wonderful week and uh we'll uh talk to you next week take care hi wayne and troy this is rick moyer I watched the ABC TV's Resurrection pilot on Sunday. Well, actually, I DVR'd it and watched it the next day. But I have to say, it already has me hooked. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. There's a lot of mysteries going on there, and and uh, I thought it was well done. The plot is kind of cool already. And I've only seen one episode, so I'm looking forward to the series. I think it's going to be really cool. What I'm going to be uh, surprised at is how they going to make a whole series out of this because they seem to be going fairly fast with it. So we'll see what they do. It, it ought to be really interesting. So anyway, so far, I'm hooked, and I really like it. So we shall see what happens. Thanks for your awesome podcast, by the way. You guys are just great together, and I love it when you talk about the TV shows I enjoy. So thanks again. I hope the resurrection will rock this season. All right, thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for those calls. Troy, your comments, please. I think Rick is on to something. You know, it is going to go fast, and I think it needs to go fast because it is only eight episodes, but it's going to set up an entire story that I think nobody will see coming. Mm. And I think that's where it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what Aaron and the guy, the, the Aaron and the crew basically get to do is, you know, is it 13? Is it 22? If they come back from a second season, if the early ratings are any indication, you know, granted people don't usually pick up stuff after the first episode, but we've heard of crazier things happening, but 13.9 million viewers in that live same day number, uh, I'm sure it'll even get adjusted further, uh, farther higher when the seven day DVR numbers come in. But that's a lot of people on a very competitive, you know, 9 p.m. Sunday night time slot with, you know, uh, True Detective was on HBO and Walking Dead was on. Uh, Good Wife is on. Believe is going to be moving into that spot. Cosmos was on Fox. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff 
and to pull in 13.9 million viewers and just crush the 18 to 49 demo, I think we're going to have many seasons to come. So I, I like fast. I'm, I want I want some good answers and some good setup because I want two, three, four, five, six seasons. And as far as all of those other television shows you mentioned, I say on Sunday nights, just keep your live TV on ABC all night. Because like Alex Cruz said, he's a fellow crazy who does podcasts about two different TV shows. Um, and we do not only the Resurrection Revealed, but we also do the TV Talk Revenge podcast. So not only do we do two different podcasts for TV shows, we do them two in a row, Sunday night, get all that podcasting action all at once. Now, Alex stunned me kind of there, Aliens. Well, I go back to our other show, Under the Dome Radio, where you know we were told in the book that it was going to be Aliens, and then we said it's not going to be like the book. And then we get something that is metaphysical in Under the Dome, right? So again, we were told it's not going to be sci-fi, so I immediately rule Aliens out. But, uh, you know, fool me once, you know, and all that good stuff. So believe aliens if you want to right now. I'm still going with it's something different. But like you said, you looked up into the sky talking to somebody. Right. And Alex and Hank are experts on alien invasions based on the TV shows that they podcast about. So he is an expert. We may have to keep tabs on this one, Troy. We also got some uh, emails sent in to us, Troy. What'd you find? Right, that's feedback at resurrectionrevealed.com. You can go ahead and email those in at feedback at resurrectionrevealed.com. Email says, wow, what a great first episode. I wasn't sure if I was going to like the show or not and decided to give it a chance. I am so glad I did. My first question is, why do you think Jacob kept running away? First, he left his room in the hospital and then ran away from the hospital altogether. Do you think something keeps drawing him back to his home? Also, why do you think he buried G.I. Joe in the tree and what made him run away to find him? I'm going to respond to that real quick because I think she's onto something because this goes to my crackpot theory. I don't think he was called to his home. I think he was called back to the woods, back to the river. What do you say? I have no clue, but I certainly can't believe that he would go through all that just to go find that G.I. Joe hidden in the tree. There's got to be more to it than just G.I. Joe. I would think so, too. With the action grip hands. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> for sure. Secondly, I sense uh, Maggie feels a little guilty for her mother's death and Jacob's too. My question is, how did Maggie's mother wind up so far away from her daughter's carriage? No one wanders away from an infant. Hmm. No one in their right mind, that's for sure. That's a good question. So did was she pushed in? Did something, you know, was there something in the woods that we didn't get to see in those flashbacks we got in the first episode? Uh, maybe the bald headed man went to, you know, go pick some berries or an apple or something. And she, you know, I don't know how you could just fall into the river. You know, I think that's right. really the question. I, I think there is something behind being pushed in. And I agree. It's not by anybody that we've seen in the flashbacks yet, but I, I agree. She didn't just fall in. Now, the big question though, is how did Jacob wind up in China? We saw the autopsy report from Maggie's mother but was there one for Jacob? Did they ever recover Jacob's body after it had been swept away in the rapids? His father seems to believe his son's body is in the godlike structure in the cemetery. But what if the grave is empty or contains a different body? Let me know what you think, Amanda. Well, thanks so much for sending that in, Amanda. Yes. And I think you're on to something there because that is the number one question I had from reading the book which was, you know, did someone just think to go dig up a grave? Go find it. Is there a body there? If the body's there, you get some answers. 
If it's not there, you got more questions, but at least you have an answer. So I think we have to just wait and see how that plays out because if you open up that tomb, my guess is because it's the Langston family that not only is Jacob in there, but Barbara's in there as well. Hmm. I'd be a little spooked of what I might find in there, but they, they really have no choice but to try to open it up and see what they would find no matter what it is. Uh, we also got an email from a uh, longtime listener, Neil from Bowie, who also listened to, listens to Under the Dome Radio and some of the other shows that we've done over the years. Neil says, a few observations. When driving in, Arcadia looks like a town that time forgot. Now, I'm going to respond to that right off the bat because I agree. I know that it's supposed to be 32 years ago, maybe around 1982, but it looks a lot further back than 1982, even though... You know, maybe because it's small town America, it took it, a you know, they're a little further behind the times or they were back in 82. But I clearly remember 1982, unfortunately. And here in Southern California, it did not look anything like that. Even the hairstyles were totally different than what were depicted in some of the flashbacks. But anyway, there might be a mystery there. Uh, Neil continues, Jacob returned in water after dying in water. And when checked, Jacob at first did not have a heartbeat, but then he did. And we kind of talked about the stethoscope issue there. Um, Neil also says, Arcadians seem to have a natural distrust of outsiders. And pausing for a second, Troy, that does seem to be true. Like the whole town, maybe because of that mill closing, it, they are suspicious of everything. Yeah, I mean, that was clearly evident when Bellamy was talking to Frank on the phone. And then I think the better scene was when, when uh, Omar Epps is standing out at the door and he's just knocking at the county records office and he's just knocking. It's like, I can see you. You're sitting right there. You're not going to let me in. And she and she is not going to move for anybody until somebody she knows comes and opens up that door. Yeah, that look on her face said it all. She did not really have to say very much. Uh, Neil continues, is Jacob's body in the vault? Now, in the church, Jacob's mother is wearing orange, and he is still wearing red, and they're the only ones in bright colors. Elaine had wondered about her father, and then he came back during the episode and revealed himself at the end. Looking forward to hearing the podcast and seeing more episodes, Neil. So, Neil, thank you very much for sending in the email. And I didn't even notice the bright colors that his mom was wearing orange, as well as Jacob's classic red shirt that um, Uncle Alex hinted at uh, time for a wardrobe change. But I guess that's his favorite shirt. So, you know, he's 10. He's been gone 32 years. Let him wear whatever he wants for as long as he wants. <clears throat> yeah. And I think one of the things that we haven't really talked about was um, how much this kid eats. Because, <laughs> Man, I was like... I'm worried about when my son gets to be like, you know, 8, 10, 12, 14 years old. I mean, I've heard that boys eat you out of house and home, but they do. Oh, that is a lot of food. Is yeah. that now is that something because of who he is? I mean, if we think back to other like mystery shows like Fringe, you know, the the bald-headed observer people put Tabasco on stuff and they just had a different kind of diet because of who they were. You know, is this a dietary issue because of who he is or is it just because he's making it up for 32 years? Or his mom just cooks a fine meal. Could be. <laughs> I bet they give us answers on that. But yes, um, although that was an extremely large amount of food. Um, once boys hit about 10 or 12, they do eat a lot more than you would think. So uh, work on that budget, Troy. <laughs> be prepared. 
<laughs> later on because you're going to be in for a treat. Also got a uh, another voicemail here from uh, another Rick. All the Ricks in the world listening to Resurrection Revealed. Uh, Rick in Wisconsin and not necessarily a Packers fan. Hey, Wayne and Troy. This is Rick from Wisconsin with a message about the Resurrection show. I watched it and I'm not necessarily sold on whether I'll stay with the series or not. It depends how they develop things. It's kind of an intriguing show. I can't say I would be hooked yet. <clears throat> I was curious about the boy's heartbeat. I saw Jeff Gentry's tweet and made me think how some people see the same thing and get different ideas about it because I thought maybe it was just the stethoscope didn't work at first. But we'll see what happens there. Um, it was a little bit of a bummer to have this, uh, that one guy's, the boy's father, telling his brother that uh, the guy's wife was cheating on him, apparently just before she died, which is, it's kind of a downer thing, and I'm wondering why you'd wait that many years, I guess, assuming if you knew that about somebody and they're dead, maybe there's no point in telling them then, but <clears throat> wouldn't he have ever suspected that she could have been murdered instead of it being accidental. It's kind of a interesting to see what will happen with where that goes. So I'll probably watch at least a few episodes and keep listening to the podcast. Thanks, guys. Rick, thank you so much for your call, sending that in to us. And yes, please stay with Resurrection. And of course, uh, please keep listening to the podcast. This show is going to be really rich with some promises of answers and a really, really good story. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. And I hope you stay with the show. And uh, that's a good point, though, about Jake's father, Jacob's father. I don't think it was necessary for him to tell anybody ever that he knew about an affair happening with his brother. It just didn't seem like there's ever a good time to mention something like that. No real reason. Well, but if you think about a small town, right? I mean, family bonds, especially in a small town, is really, really tight. So if something's going to come out, because now that Jacob's back and Jacob's sharing the story about how he tried to save Aunt Barbara, you know, what else could come out? So I think it's the right thing to do because if if I have a brother and my brothers, and I do have a brother, but, you know, if I was going to hear news like this, I'd want it to be from my family, not from a reporter or some, you know, guy from ICE, from the federal government. So... I think I think he did the right thing at the end of the day, but of course now it opens up a huge can of worms. A big gooey, messy can of worms. So that's going to make some of the uh, suspicious folks even more suspicious and guarded. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. I want to send some thank yous out to Scott and Miles and M from the Sci-Fi Diner podcast for playing our Resurrection Revealed promo on their podcast this week. It's kind of always a good thing to get your promo played on one of those intergalactic diner radio programs so the folks enjoying their meals at the sci-fi diner can enjoy hearing our commercial and being played there because i hear that joe the cook it just serves up some fine food at the diner yeah and while we're saying thank yous we want to give a big shout out to east 1009 podcast director resurrection fan not enst who daddy and a gun club user as well as Daniel J. Lewis from our sister show, Once, a podcast about Once Upon a Time right here on Noodle Mix Network for leaving glowing five-star reviews in iTunes. You can go ahead and leave your review of the show 
yourself by heading over to resurrectionrevealed.com slash iTunes. Yes, because it really pays off when you leave us reviews in iTunes for folks that are looking for a podcast about Resurrection, the TV show. Having your reviews makes it easier for Resurrection Revealed to be found and for other people that are into the TV show to be able to share what we've got going on here. So remember, you know, we're fans of the show Resurrection, not officially tied to ABC or Plan B, and it takes a bit to keep the website running, the feed of great episodes, and we've got some even more special interviews coming your way. So if you love what you're hearing on the show so far, head on over to resurrectionrevealed.com support. And you can send us a one-time or even monthly ongoing donation showing how much you love Resurrection Revealed. Don't forget, every Sunday after the East Coast airing, that's 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central, 7.30 Pacific, if you are lucky enough on the West Coast to see the East Coast feed via Slingbox or some other device, we will be live talking about our initial thoughts and chatting with you all, the fans. So be sure to join us 30 minutes after the show airs on Sunday. You can get there at resurrectionrevealed.com slash live. Until then, I'm Troy. And I'm Wayne. We'll see you next time on Resurrection Revealed. Resurrection Revealed is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Like our Wonderland podcast for Once Upon a Time in Wonderland and Welcome to Level 7, our Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. All waiting for you at noodle.mx.